0: Chapter 31 of Energy and Vibration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nature's Miracles, Volume 2 Energy and Vibration by Elijah Gray. Chapter 31 Firing a Shot. In a previous chapter, it was explained in a general way that there should be a fixed relation between the size of the grains of powder used in a cannon and the ball that is fired. In order to determine accurately what this relation shall be, it is necessary to know just what the powder and ball are doing between the time the powder is ignited and the time that the ball leaves the muzzle of the gun. Roughly speaking, the ball will be one hundredth of a second in traveling from one end of the barrel to the other. From the fact that the ball is slow in starting, one would infer that it would move from the starting point to the point where it leaves the muzzle with a uniformly accelerating velocity. This we find to be the case if we use the right amount of powder with grains the right size. The greatest velocity that the ball acquires is at or near the moment it leaves the muzzle of the gun. This is called its initial, beginning, velocity. If the gunner knows the initial velocity of the projectile, as well as its weight, he can readily calculate how far it will fly and how hard it will hit an object at any given distance within its range. Several kinds of devices have been invented to determine the speed of the ball, not only at all positions inside of the gun, but outside as well. It is claimed that for some of these, that they will measure accurately the speed of a cannonball to the millionth part of the second. And there's no doubt, but with the aid of electricity, such a degree of accuracy is easily possible. For measuring the speed of a ball inside of a gun, telegraph stations, so to speak, are established at a number of points inside the barrel at equal distances apart. These points, or stations, are each connected by a wire with an observing room where the records are made. The ball in its passage out of the gun makes or breaks the electrical connection at each station, according to the apparatus used. In one form of apparatus called the chronoscope, an electric spark is caused to pass from the end of the wire to the periphery of a wheel that is revolving at a fixed rate of speed. The face of this wheel is covered with a coating of lamp black. When the spark passes, it will burn the lamp black, leaving a small spot on the face of the wheel. Suppose the cannon is ten feet long and that there are ten stations equidistant apart inside of the barrel. When the ball is fired, it sends a spark to the revolving wheel which leaves a record in the form of a spot as it passes each station inside of the barrel. If we now stop the wheel and examine the record, it will be found that the space between the first and second station is longer than any of the rest, and that each succeeding station grows shorter until the whole length of a gun is covered. This record shows that the ball moves slowly in the start, but moves faster and faster until it leaves the muzzle. By the same apparatus, the speed of the projectile, may be determined at any point after it leaves the mouth of the gun. The applications of modern science coupled with modern invention are enabling the operations of war to become more and more of an exact science. One shot from a cannon accurately aimed with a full knowledge beforehand of what it is able to do when it reaches the target is worth a thousand fired at random. This is especially true in naval warfare here more perhaps than in any other place the battle is one of skill rather than numbers owing to the development of these instruments of precision by which the relation of each factor to that of every other in the firing of a shot is readily determined a great advance has been made in the construction of modern guns for coast defence and long-range firing there are great steel rifles now in place on our coasts with a bore of twelve inches that will fire a shot twelve miles and no steel armor used for ship protection could withstand such a shot these guns are mounted on disappearing carriages they are loaded and aimed behind the earthworks and then elevated and fired after which they immediately disappear to a place of safety the gunners are not exposed to the direct fire of the enemy and the gun itself only for a short time we are told that the united states has now under construction a still larger gun that will shoot still farther, and one shot, well aimed, will be sufficient to disable the strongest battleship that floats. This gun will weigh 140 tons when completed, and each will have a bore of 16 inches in diameter. Each shot will cost the government $1,000, but it will be much more economical to fire $1,000 shots than $500 shots if the former sinks a $2 million ship each time it strikes the target while the latter only makes an indentation in the armor, without piercing it. The present twelve-inch bore guns require five hundred twenty pounds of powder to fire them. Any new invention that increases the destructiveness of the implements of warfare is a step toward the good time coming when there will be universal peace on earth, if not goodwill toward men. If the first is enforced, the latter may come in the course of time, when men see the futility of fighting. End of chapter 31. End of Nature's Miracles, Volume 2, Energy and Vibration, by Elijah Gray.